0: Leave forever, a podcast that embraces diverse topic focus, guest profile, and works across age groups, providing fascinating insights week after week. I'm your host, Bai Kumar, and let's get on board with another interesting guest today. Our guest today is Shobha Swami, and she's here to talk about plant-based diet demystified. She has 25 years of experience in automotive engineering field and switch careers further to that and regain vibrant health through food choices she made. She's now certified in plant-based nutrition from the T Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies at the Cornell University. Shoba is also a Food for Life instructor through the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. She teaches cooking classes with Dr. Jennifer Rook at Morehouse School of Medicine, Atlanta, in addition to classes in the Alpharetta area and at various community centers and organizations. Shoba is a field educator with the Ethical Choices Program and offers educational presentations to high school and college students related to food choices and their impact on the planet. She offers private and family concerts and is also a certified yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome Shobha to the program. We are very lucky to have you as a guest on the show and I couldn't be more excited.
1: Thank you very much Vaidehi and I am very glad to be here and uh, thrilled to take plant-based nutrition to the larger community to the world community.
0: Awesome. So from an automotive engineering field to focusing on nutrition, that seems like a vastly different scenario. What motivated you to switch careers and make that transition?
1: I was going about my life in automotive electronics engineering, and I absolutely loved my job. Um, And along came my teenage daughters who were in high school at that time, and they watched a movie called Food Inc., Food Incorporated, that set them on a path of finding out what our food choices were, how our food was made, and what it took to take food from the farms to the table. So they came home and said that they did not want to have anything to do with uh, both the dairy industry and, you know, we used to consume small amount of eggs as well as the egg industry. We were not meat eaters in our home. So we have been generationally, we have been uh, vegetarians. So they said that they were not going to consume these two products. So that got me thinking um, in terms of first, we were surprised and we were quite scared about how we were going to embark on a diet such as this things that we already knew for years that was good for our health. How could that be, you know, not so good for our health? So I got started on this journey that way.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Is there anything else that uh, motivated you uh, apart from your uh, daughters being uh, the center of it all? Um, Other than that, I set about
1: myself doing research and finding out if this kind of a Diet, which is devoid of dairy, devoid of eggs, devoid of meat, is that healthy for us? Would we get all our nutrients? But if we if we don't consume these health uh, these uh, ingredients in our food, would we still be healthy? Will we be able to play strong sports? Would the girls be part of the swim team and all the things that they aspire to do in high school? Would they be able to do? So I set about doing my own research, and found a host, a plethora of information um, about plant-based nutrition, its benefits, its advantages, and how it was making people's lives vibrant and devoid of diseases, how they could prevent and reverse diseases. So I came across stalwarts in the area, Dr. T. Colin Campbell, for example, from Cornell University University who is also training people in plant based nutrition so i got myself trained and certified in plant based nutrition through his program from cornell university and then i set about taking this information to the community how am i going to take this information that i know now to spread it among the people and how can it help people and build awareness about being devoid of these chronic diseases so i got certified in cooking through Planned through the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, where I am a food for life instructor through them for the Atlanta area.
0: Wonderful. Uh, So, as as I see it, some things were intuitive. um, You were perhaps assuming you were eating healthy, but then what the girls brought to the fold, plus the fact that you researched. As well, prompted you to make these changes. That's just awesome. So, how significant is it for anyone to pay attention to what they eat?
1: Um, It's very, very important. I came to find out that um, 80 to 85% of disease outcomes are dependent on the food we eat. Food and nutrition that we fuel our bodies with are very, very important. Uh, food constitutes 80 to 85 percent of all disease outcomes. That means what we eat is very, very important, much more important than genetic, hereditary factors, environmental factors, all these factors. Also, I want to add in before we go any further that the information that I give today should not be construed as medical advice. Connect with your general physician for any medically related uh, information that you need. This is just to use food to help you feel more vibrant and try to influence disease outcomes. But the primary uh, uh, point of contact is your doctor for all medical conditions.
0: So this is kind of uh, like guidelines, so to speak, and uh, like a roadmap for what one could possibly do You are just here to highlight all the benefits that plant-based nutrition can bring about. Is that correct?
1: That's very true. Um, The association between nutrition and disease outcomes was not as common knowledge or not, not as prevalent as it has been now thanks to social media. Uh, this has taken over and people have found a lot of benefits so we have personal tennis testimonials we have a um, lot of research being done as well scientific evidence-based research behind plant-based nutrition and now it's being taught in many medical schools as well to new new medical graduates to teach them about the benefits of plant-based nutrition and to use you use this as the first line of defense before diseases can occur. That is called preventive medicine or functional medicine or integrative medicine. All of these people are now integrating this into their practices as well.
0: Okay, so when we say, just to touch upon, um, again, how significant is it for anyone to pay attention to what they eat? Is it because of uh, the difference that we see these days in terms of all the illnesses that are out there? Yes, chronic
1: diseases have become commonplace in our society, not just in the United States, but world over. Diseases such as heart disease, diabetes, including uh, autoimmune illnesses, um, gut health and gut issues, all of these certain types of cancer, all of these have become very common. The number one killer in the United States is cardiovascular disease or heart disease. And this accounts for seven hundred to 800,000 people succumbing to this disease every single year in the United States. And one in three people will succumb. CDC tells us from their statistics that one in three people will succumb to heart disease. Um, if you and I and another third person were sitting at a dinner table, one of us is going to succumb to heart disease. This is the reality. And then it is affecting younger and younger generations. For example, let's take diabetes. Used to be that 70-year-olds and 60-year-olds grandparents used to get this disease. Then it became a disease of parents. And now it's affecting younger and younger generation. And CDC tells us, that this is the first generation of Americans that are projected to live shorter lives than their parents and grandparents. And today we can dwell upon why this is the case and how food can change some of these disease outcomes.
0: When you say CDC, just for our uh, world audience to uh, have an idea, would you just uh, tell them what CDC is and... uh... What exactly you're trying to refer to?
1: It is the Center for Disease Control, which monitors in the United States um, not only infectious diseases, but also long-term chronic illnesses and preventable diseases as well, and what is more prevalent and what is the state of health in the United States. So the state of health is determined um, by the statistics that the Center for Disease Control collects and it's a governmental agency here in the United States that monitors our health and the state of health and puts out statistics and uh, public service announcements as well with regards to preventive medicine.
0: Thank you so much, Shoba, for that clarification. I thought that was important that uh, everyone out there was not left puzzling and Uh, Because we are talking not just from the context of the United States, but uh, overall uh, global scenario. So is there a hard and fast rule as to when one should eat and uh, why?
1: Um, Food nurtures our body and it's best to eat when you're hungry. Nowadays, we have an abundance of food. So overnutrition is the problem, over consumption and overavailability as well. And so as a result, your body should be your guide. Listen to your body. Whenever you're hungry, you eat. You don't have to follow guidelines such as eat every two hours or eat often or small meals more often. Um, eat healthy food and split it between whenever you're hungry, preferably two to three meals a day can eat a breakfast sometime around lunchtime. You can have a sizable quantity of lunch and then a dinner by evening, six or seven o'clock. Try not to eat too late because it can, you know, uh, interfere with many other systems that are trying to shut down as the sun goes down. Our bodies are, you know, go by the clock of the of the earth and the universe and the sun. So it's best to, you know, follow that and listen to your body. That would be the guideline.
0: So when you say do not eat frequent meals, is it because of the digestive load? And what about people with diabetics?
1: Yeah, even though there's popular belief that diabetics, diabetic patients need to eat more often, I think they benefit too by giving a ba- gap between meals, you know, so that the body learns to digest the food and the insulin production comes back to normal before you can... Um, load more food into your body because the body is intuitive by itself and it produces all these digestive enzymes and hormones to digest our food. It's best to give good gaps and really feel hungry before we sit down and eat another meal, you
0: know. So would uh, people with diabetes, uh, would they have to pay attention to certain time window when they eat? Maybe A lot of the physicians and a lot of nutritionists out there um, in general tend to uh, give certain specifications for people with diabetes as far as when they eat and how they eat. Uh, What is it that you would suggest?
1: Um, Some people have been monitoring their blood sugars very closely through these patch monitors and such. And they have found different results that helps them. That's, I think, the most accurate. Uh, But in general, um, I think plant-based nutrition in general has shown many benefits for diabetes patients as well. And there's one very big correlation of weight and diabetes as well. Some uh, clients have found that if they drop about, say, 10 or 15 pounds, some people more, they see that their diabetes goes away. So overweight and diabetes, obesity and diabetes kind of go hand in hand. And uh, also there's a very high correlation between diabetes and heart disease, which is the number one killer, not only in the United States, but worldwide. Many countries are showing signs of Heart disease being a very big concern for public health officials in every country, including the United Nations and WHO and all of these. These are called chronic diseases. And the definition of a chronic disease, such as diabetes or heart disease, is one in which it's a long-term disease, but it's also preventable and reversible in most cases.
0: So that can happen when you say possibly reversible that can happen only if someone were to be very stringent with the diet that they follow, uh, because I guess we are what we eat, uh, don't we? Uh, isn't that right?
1: Um, very true. But a lot of research and a lot of scientific data and evidence-based data has proven that there are foods that promote health. And then there are foods that harm our bodies. Foods that we thought were good for us. For example, dairy. For example, eggs. We thought that these were good for us because our parents, our mothers, um, and whoever cooked at home would put this on a plate in front of us and say, this is good for your health. Eat it. And so it has been ingrained and we are conditioned to think that these are good foods for us. But science and research has proven that In the modern day, that many of these foods that we thought were good for us are harmful for us. And definitely, a lot of supermarket foods that come packaged, which are called processed foods, they come out of a packet or a box. They are not so good for us. They have long shelf life in these um, supermarkets, and those, those don't promote health. What promotes health is fruits and vegetables that are fresh. So plant-based nutrition covers basically four food groups. Fruits, vegetables, grains like rice, corn, millets, quinoa, many of these grains. And then all the lentils and pulses that are called beans or lentils available all over the world. So civilizations have thrived on foods such as this. And the focus of plant-based nutrition is to eat lots of fruits and vegetables, much more than we thought was necessary for our bodies. Approximately, each person needs to eat about two pounds or one kg of vegetables every single day. That's a lot of vegetables. But we must aim to eat more vegetables.
0: Oh, that is a high number. No one would have thought, you know, it's... It's good to eat that much, and one should eat that much for uh, vibrant health. In fact, uh, you jump right ahead. I was going to touch upon the processed food aspect, but uh, wow, Shobha, you jump right on. Uh, so, what is it that a human body needs for someone to feel good, energized, and say carry on with, the, with their routine? We all want to um, mm-hmm. always feel good about what we do and how we go about our day yes
1: very true very true Um, as you said um, we want a spring in our step we want to be energized and uh, we don't want to feel sluggish after a meal we don't want to say oh my goodness let me take a nap maybe I feel like I just have to sit down for a bit you know uh, my eyes are just drooping and I'm not able to concentrate at work or school for children and universities, young adults as well. So what are the foods that energize us, make us vibrant and bring us, you know, spring to our step? It's primarily foods that are derived from nature. Eat, like I was saying, minimally processed. You know, it should be as grown in nature, as foods are found in nature, a lot of grains are found in nature that keep us fee- feeling full and are satiated and they have cover enough of carbohydrates as well as proteins. Same with lentils and beans, they cover the proteins and the carbohydrate aspect. And in addition to this, all the plant-based foods have a lot of antioxidants, a lot of phytonutrients, and all of the vitamins and the nutrients that we need to energize our body. People may think that there are certain nutrients that we get only from animal-based sources, which is really not true because it begs to ask the question, where do these animals get those proteins from? Where do these animals that we consume, where do they get the calcium from? So this is a thought experiment. If you were to embark on a Journey of doing this thought experiment, the answer will come to you that the original source of proteins, calciums, omega3, and many other nutrients are all plant-based sources. even the biggest animals on the planet are all herbivores.
0: In fact uh, that leads me to the question uh, so this vegetarian, vegan Uh, Pescatarian, if you will, meat eating, and so many categories that human beings fall under. Is there a relevance to why uh, people eat differently then?
1: Very true. Um, Over the years, you know, we have assumed that we are omnivores and that we were hunter-gatherers and that, you know, Um, eating animal products was good for our body, and in fact, necessary for our body, necessary for being strong, having strong muscles, bones, all of these things. But uh, contrary to popular belief, um, human species as a whole are uh, primarily herbivores. Our digestive system is made very similar to herbivorous uh, species on Earth, and um, so there are different ways, we you know, generations of people in certain civilizations who have been primarily vegetarian, for example, in certain parts of Asia, like in certain parts of India and many other countries, there are large sections of populations that are primarily vegetarians for generations to come. And ancient civilizations, if you go back and see where these grains come came from, they were all primarily eating off the land, so to speak small amount of animal-based products definitely but larger was the gathering part of the hunter hunter gatherers so they gathered berries fruits nuts seeds vegetables flowers they ate all these things so in the modern day it has come to be known as vegetarians and some of the vegetarians are include ovo and lacto vegetarians you know Ovo in the case of eating eggs and lacto in the case of drinking primarily cow's milk. So this combination has come about to include vegetarianism. And that's why perhaps people thought that they needed another term to stay away from animal products. And then that became the vegan or veganism or vegans, as as are popularly known all across the world, where they don't consume any animal product. Some people for moral ethical purposes, but some other people for health purposes. And some people follow that for the environment because it's more beneficial for the environment as well. So pescatarians are those people who eat primarily plant-based, but in addition to that, they consume fish. So there's vegetarians, and then there's, you know, people like pescatarians Some people call themselves flexitarians, which means they're a little bit flexible, you know, but primarily plant-based. But human species and the gut and the digestive system is primarily meant for plant-based food. And that's what energizes and makes us, you know, healthy and vibrant. And it's very important, especially in this day and age, of the coronavirus for the last six months, how people are um, be, becoming affected by this, and also to improve your immunity. And as fall and as seasons change, we are more susceptible to colds and many other viruses. So a plant-based diet and a nutrition plan will definitely help us keep many of these common small-time illnesses like colds and coughs also at bay
0: in a moment with our guest on fresh leaf forever so as i hear you say it's almost like an ideal scenario and one that fits the human digestive system the best um, is to be plant based
1: absolutely absolutely it's uh, it's something that will not only energize you but also research has proven that a plant based diet um, helps us keep these chronic diseases at bay as well. And uh, people have tested, have, have testimonials for this. It helps a vast array of uh, modern illnesses, which were not as prevalent 50, 60 years ago, have become very common. Autoimmune illnesses, for example, allergies, eczema, uh, you know, gut health and gut issues. Uh, many of these as well are. Uh, best benefited. People who are suffering from these are best benefited by being on a plant-based nutrition plan, definitely.
0: So it's almost like a game changer, if you will. Yes, absolutely.
1: It's been a game changer for me and my family as well. Um, I lost both my um, in-laws when they were in their 60s. They were just 62 and 63 each, my father-in-law and mother-in-law, when they passed away. My father-in-law passed away due to a stroke and blood pressure. And uh, my mother-in-law passed away due to breast cancer and heart disease. So you can see that genetically we may be stacked up. uh, The odds may be against us to succumb to these chronic illnesses. And that's what many of us think that as we get older, we're going to get the diseases that our parents and grandparents perhaps had, but that needn't be the case because there's something called gene expression. The foods that we consume energize and make these genes express themselves. And some of these foods are harmful for our bodies. And thereby, if we remove them from our diet, you can change the odds of, uh, you know, succumbing to many of these chronic illnesses or everyday diseases as well. And my husband himself has seen great benefits from this plant-based nutrition plan because he had he had what is called psoriatic arthritis. And he was on very strong medication for over a year, which, um, which he was not seeing that great benefits with regards to health and his ability to play tennis had pretty much you know he had given up the dream of playing tennis but um once we started on this plant based journey and plant based nutrition plan slowly but surely he weaned himself off his medications and today he is medicine free and not only that most importantly he's pain free
0: excellent news uh, seems like a coincidence here, Shoba. Uh, I've only known you very recently. Uh, but when you mentioned tennis, my daughter is a junior competitive tennis player and she has done this for many years since her childhood. Uh, leads me to this question. So many people tell me, Oh, you have a competitive tennis player. She should be eating meat. Uh, why is it that she's resorting to a vegetarian diet? Of course, she is uh, a lacto-ovo vegetarian, um, but she is trying to be uh, vegan for the most part these days. Uh, but would you just throw some insights out there as to whether she's okay doing what she is doing or would someone like that, an athlete like that? Uh, need to eat animal products? Very good
1: question. Very good question. And many people have this at the top of our mind. And we all think that we need to eat um, in order to build muscle, in order to be strong, agile, to be quick on our feet on the tennis court and other sports as well. We think that we need animal-based proteins and um, foods from animal products but it's contrary to popular belief like I was talking about this thought experiment that we were talking about think about a horse think about a mustang think how strong powerful they are how they can run long distances how they have endurance and how can where are they getting these this good muscle toning from What do the horses eat? What is their basic food? They eat mainly grass and hay perhaps and they get all the nutrients they need to build strong muscles from that grass. That means that grass that they're eating has all the calcium that they need to make strong bones. That grass that they're eating has all the proteins that they need to make strong muscles. And the grass that they eat has enough carbohydrates for them to run long distances and have endurance. And the same is true for human species and for athletes as well. So our main source and our original source of proteins, carbohydrates, calcium, omega-3 and many other nutrients are plants. Because all these animals, as you can see, when we consume the milk of a cow, we are consuming calcium, but it's a secondary source, the original source of calcium. How does the cow get its calcium from? By only eating grass. That means grass has calcium. So all the greens that we consume, say, for example, kale, spinach, bok choy, um, uh, radish greens, mustard greens, collard greens, All the different greens that we have, all of them have lots of calcium and we have such a variety. We don't have to be restricted to eating just one kind of food like the horses or the cows eat. We have a plethora and color is our, you know, kids will love the different colors of the rainbow. Um, Young kids are enticed by this, so they have a lot of phytonutrients, antioxidants, and all the minerals that we need to, iron, potassium, calcium, all these things are loaded in plant-based foods. And if you uh, can expose her to this movie called Game Changers, it talks about um, athletes, how um, well, not only how well they perform on the court's, or on the playing field but also their recovery time from injury is so much you know shorter and so much quicker you know people who are doing boxing for example and uh, gymnasts wrestlers they all have uh, showcase their personal journey in this movie called Game Changers. And maybe you and your daughter can sit down and watch it. And that would open up your mind to consider perhaps um, a plant-based diet um, for uh, for her as a tennis player as well. And her recovery and injury recovery also is much more faster because, you know, these kind of foods promote repair and rebuild as well.
0: Oh, uh, we did watch it, by the way. Uh-oh. And she was definitely um, very captivated by what uh, messaging uh, the documentary offered. And uh, I just wanted to put it out to the world out there as to how significant it is. And uh, it really helps to have or talk in the context of athletes um, as to how we do it. And I know the Williams sisters in tennis, Uh, They do it. Carl Lewis, um, the very famous uh, sprinter, he uh, does it. And uh, there are so many other golfers and so many other swimmers and uh, other athletes out there doing it too. That's wonderful. So uh, with everything changing in supermarkets these days, we see, again, a plethora of organic products too. When we say plant-based, does it mean – We have to stick to organic. Is that uh, the route to uh, vibrant health?
1: Um, It's not necessarily that important that you need to consume organic foods. Um, But if you have access to organic foods and if you can afford it, then that's the way to go. But general supermarket foods that we get, fruits and vegetables, Um, that may not be labeled organic, even frozen fruits and vegetables are way better for our health than any of these other products that we're talking about that cause harm. And I would like to expose us to the way we would like to shop in supermarkets is should be around the periphery, mainly in the produce section only. Just go to the produce section, buy your fruits and vegetables for the week, and then leave the supermarket. Just leave the store. Don't get enticed into walking through all these aisles. They may may be marked as organic, fat-free, cholesterol-free, you know, uh, healthy, health-promoting, even certain items that are uh, tagged as plant-based. All of this may be true, but remember that we need to be eating more out as grown in nature, food as grown in nature, than uh, food coming out of a box or a packet or processed in any way coming out of a factory. So uh, as much as organic helps, if you have certain hormone um, issues and imbalances in your body, I would definitely recommend eating organic. Um, but if you have general overall health, um, any of these foods that you get, at fruits and vegetables you get at the supermarket will help you um, avert all these chronic diseases and keep you healthy. So there's not a necessity that we have to go organic. But looking back, if you look logically, we should have been organic we should never have gotten off the organic path you know that's what's good for the environment for mother earth for our bodies and for all other species as well you can see that even even other species are impacted by us not being organic like for example you know the bees and you know the butterflies and all these pollinators so to speak they all get affected by the chemicals that we use in our um, agricultural process so it's best for the environment to be organic and we hope that one day all foods will be only organic and we don't have to label them organic, that the foods available at the supermarket will be naturally good for us. We don't have to read labels and we don't have to check whether they're organic or not. I hope that answers your question.
0: Oh, that's very well said. I think uh, organic has become uh, certainly more affordable, I should say, than what it used to be. Um, And of course, I think um, if we can grow our own vegetables and some fruits, that also comes in handy. That way we are not totally dependent on what the supermarket offers and we know what goes into the food that we grow. Uh, So that's a useful insight. And, um, um, yeah, and uh, very well said, again, as far as – Even the vegan and vegetarian foods, if we walk into the different sections of the supermarket, uh, just because it's vegetarian or vegan doesn't mean it's uh, healthy. It's, again, all the processed food. That's the bottom line that you're trying to address. And I would like to reiterate that to the listeners. So minimally, what is it that we need to avoid to stay healthy? I
1: have a two-point thumb rule. That makes it easy for people, and I hope it makes it easy for people. One is to avoid all animal products. Animal products have fat, cholesterol, and hormones that our bodies don't need from an external source. So all of these three things cause havoc in our bodies. So no animal products. When you look at your food and look at your plate, the question to ask yourself is, did it come from an animal? If the answer is yes, then you're going to be susceptible to many of these chronic diseases that we're talking about today. uh, Diabetes, heart disease, cancer, autoimmune illnesses, gut health issues, and all of that. So when you look at your plate and you ask the question, you know, is it all plant-based? And the answer is yes. Then it's, helpful and healthy for our body. Does that mean you have to make all the foods at home? There are certain convenience foods that we can also, that are healthy, that we can easily and quickly put together. For example, there are pre-packaged things available at supermarkets, pre-cut vegetables, you know, beans that are easy to cook, canned beans perhaps, that you can quickly buy a few things from the supermarket and put a healthy meal together that's satisfying, fulfilling and satiating as well. So the two-point rule, again, is no animal products for one thing and no processed foods. That includes oil as well. And we'd probably take, uh, you know, a lot more time to discuss that one particular product, which is heavily processed in the industry, but um, minimal to no processed food and then zero to no animal products. This is the thumb rule. So if, if your viewers and listeners... Um, have one takeaway that I'd like for them to keep in their mind is these two points with regards to their diet and nutrition plan.
0: Isn't oil uh, needed for absorption of proteins or say even like uh, fat-soluble vitamins like uh, vitamin D? Um,
1: Not really, though the popular belief is we need oil um, not only for the reasons you mentioned, but also for um, better joint health and some people think that we need fats and oils for our brain uh, so those essential oils are already available in all plant-based sources and the small amount of nuts and seeds that we consume on a daily basis that uh, satisfies the requirement the daily requirement for essential fats because if you think about it brown rice has oil in it you will not think so but the outer covering it is, Called rice bran, and they extract oil out of rice bran and it's sold as rice bran oil. In fact, it's used. The white rice that we eat, um it's twice sold. Rice is t- sold twice, once as brown rice and once as rice bran oil. and they use it in cookies and all these other bakeries and other uh, foods. So instead, if we ate brown rice by itself whole, we would be consuming that oil as well. And when you consume corn, you extract corn oil out of it. So you have oil in that. When you consume olives, even if it's sprinkled ever so lightly on a salad, you would get one or two teaspoons or tablespoons of olives, cut olives, will provide enough essential fat and essential um, fats that you need. You really don't need fats as in oil, which is devoid of any nutrients, devoid of fiber, Divide of minerals, divide of any supplements, it's it, it's actually is only 100% pure fat. There is no nutrient value in oil and it's very detrimental for our blood vessels. Maybe we can cover the details of that in, in another session, but uh, minimally processed foods as well as You know, no animal products, which means what should you eat? This is two things to avoid. So what should you eat? The four food groups are fruits, vegetables, grains of all kinds, and lentils and beans of all kinds. So have the picture of these four things in your mind. And that's how, you know, uh, plan your day and your meals around these four food groups. And you will live vibrant, active, you know, Athletic lives.
0: Now that you have uh, presented this picture of what plant-based nutrition can do and we have sort of uh, demystified what it is, um, how would you advocate someone transitioning to a plant-based lifestyle? And again, you gave the takeaways uh, earlier, but uh, as far as the transition aspect, what would be the takeaway from this program? Um,
1: Just like all transitions, some people embrace it. And most of it is educating ourselves, building awareness and building a community around eating this way. Because if it's not so popular in the general friends and family we move around, it's good to build a community around this. And start slowly. For example, uh, you can determine that we are going to remove all meat-based products from our home, our refrigerators, and our pantry. So take a week or two weeks, perhaps, to do that. And bring the family on board. Bring everybody on board. And the environment that we keep in our homes and the food that we bring into our homes Is the first step. So that's what I would say. The first step is clear out your environment. Take one step at a time. First, perhaps the meat and meat based products in your freezers, refrigerators, and pantry. Second, do that for a week or two. Then move on to dairy. Dairy based products start reading labels. So, all dairy based products now all over the world, it's very easy to get plant based milks plant-based yogurt and other plant-based foods that ice creams even that kids like and uh, which is an occasional food and cakes and muffins and pastries as well. So switch to those forms slowly and then include you know eggs and all these other products that are animal-based ever so slowly and this way you take two weeks for each Category and eliminate it. And what are you left with? Again, all plant based, the four food groups that we talked about. So, a slow transitioning process and include family members and a community around you. These are the two tips that I would give.
0: So, including people around you is going to be a motivating factor. And also, when you said eggs, um, you were, of course, alluding to the fact that it's okay to give up eggs as well and still have a protein-rich diet, um, but just do everything gradually in like a two to three-week phase and in stages. Uh, When it comes to eggs, again, the vitamin D and B12, and even overall in a vegetarian scenario, people um, keep saying or we keep hearing uh, oh, the vegetarian diet is devoid of B12 and B vitamins. Uh, is that a myth or what is it? And if you can very quickly touch upon that and also give, you, give your contact information to the listeners, uh, that'll be wonderful.
1: Yes, most certainly. B12 is actually um, not produced by animals. It's found only in the earth, in the bacteria from the soil. So, when cows graze and when they eat grass, they get small amounts of B12. And also in our fruits and vegetables, we used to get small amounts of B12. But everything is double washed, triple washed anymore, scrubbed and scrubbed so clean that carrots perhaps would have small amounts of B12 uh, stuck in their crevices and in the root system in potatoes and the. fruits and vegetables that grow underground, but that's not the case anymore. And so um, many of these are fortified even in animal products, though we are thinking that we're getting B12 from either eggs or milk or meat. That's really not the case. And we need to monitor our B12 and vitamin D levels um, so that we get enough of it from a supplemental source, definitely. And so we have to find out that the original source of B12 has been the earth and no cow is grazing grass anymore cows in uh, the modern day industry are eating corn soy and wheat out of you know metal bins called troughs and so they don't get to graze and eat grass because it's it's uh, not viable to produce that much grass that the cows need to eat so that's a whole uh another aspect of it but monitor your b12 levels like you said Doctors will prescribe a supplement. And those are the only two supplements you need to take, by the way. You don't really need to take calcium supplements, other uh, supplements for other minerals and other things if you are on a plant-based diet. Those are the only two supplements that are required, vitamin D and B12. And my contact information I'll share with you. Um, I'm Shobha Swami from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm available on the web at www dot annapurna-nutrition.com i'll spell it out for you annapurna is spelt a n n a p o o r n a dash nutrition as in nutrition dot com and that's my website you can contact me through the contact me link in there and i'm available for any consultations as well as any general knowledge that you may need about plant based nutrition. My cell phone number is area codes 248 894 1929. And for US country code, you will have to add 01. I'm available on WhatsApp as well as well uh, as on the phone. So please get in touch with me if you have any questions. And have a wonderful day and eat plants and be bi- vibrant.
0: Oh, that's uh, so nice of you. I'll make sure to include your um, contact information on the show notes as well. And uh, huge, huge um, eye opening insights, Shoba, that uh, you provided uh, us today. And thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to many more discussions like this in the future. And uh, thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much, Vaidehi. It was a pleasure and it was just wonderful to be on this podcast to take our message to the bigger audience of the whole entire world. Thank you.
0: That was Shobha Swami in conversation with uh, Vai Kumar here on Fresh Leaf Forever. Before I sign off, folks, I'd like to remind you to keep that feedback coming. I'm just so thrilled to see those every single time and uh, be sure to rate the podcast and follow the podcast at Fresh Leaf Forever on Instagram, at Fresh Leaf Forever One on Twitter. The Facebook page is Fresh Leave Forever and the website is www.freshleafforever.com and that's one word. I'll see you back again next week with another interesting guest and another interesting topic. Until then, it's Y saying bye-bye for now.